It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome to Postcast tonight where the Utah Jazz fall to the Los Angeles Lakers. The seven game win streak is gone and the Jazz don't get their 50th win and they probably eliminate any chance of getting home court advantage. And in some weird way, it might actually not be that bad. What? The West has gone nuts tonight. We'll try to explain it, but also figure out what happened to the Jazz. It's all coming up on Postcast. Hey, guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Postcast is brought to you by The Store at 600 South and 20th East. Stop on by. I was there the other day. Picked up a little kombucha and some other fun stuff. Check it all out. June Pies come in on Fridays for you with all sorts of meat pies and those, plus all the regular pies throughout the week, all there at the store. So, Ron, there's a lot of different weird things to talk about tonight, but the bottom line is the Jazz still with a chance for home court advantage had they won tonight. If Portland were to lose one of their finals, Denver Denver intentionally loses tonight. To the Denver, to the Portland Trailblazers in Portland, we'll talk about the impact of that. But the Jazz, they have this game seemingly. They, they in, by the second quarter they outscore them by twelve. They're up by I think six or seven at the half. They don't. They, they come out very sloppy to open the third quarter, and the Lakers gain control of the game, 
And the Jazz never regained control of the game. Well, they outscored the Jazz 27 to 24 in, in that third period after, and and there was a stretch there where they it was like a 12 to nothing run there by the uh, by the Los Angeles Lakers. Kawhi Pope just couldn't put a stop to him. He was running the same play over and over and over, and and, and really coming up with something special. Javel McGee had a very good basketball game, but that surprised me that the Jazz were not able to regain control of the ball game with Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert on the floor at the same time. I mean, regardless of who those other two guys are, you expect the Jazz to be able to uh, to outplay the Lakers with those three guys on the floor. With 10:24 left in the game, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell check back in. Crowder promptly hits a jump shot that was supposed to be a three, but he had his foot on the line. So it's 89-87 with 10 minutes left, and you really would have thought at that point that the Jazz would have gained control of this game and and done what you would have thought they'd do, which is win it. Well, they were, in that second quarter anyway, was getting some threes. I mean, first quarter, couldn't make a three. Second quarter, they start knocking down some threes and, and start playing jazz basketball to the point where they had uncontested three-point shots. And it seemed like that went away there in the third. Um, the perimeter defense switching all over the floor there for the uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers caused the Jazz some problems, and all of a sudden they start breaking the paint and, and stop getting into the paint and making some other some other things happen. That to the point where they can get those good those, those good looks. Sometimes the Jazz go away from that, and it really hurts them. Uh, and this is something I I thought they wanted to make sure that they avoid it, uh, regardless of who they're playing. What was strange about this night to me was that the Jazz. Was how much trouble the Lakers gave the Jazz offense. The Jazz were driving the lane, and the Lakers had brought another guy over into the drive. So, driving it was a combination of things. One, they were switching everything defensively, which took away the Jazz pick and roll game. Right. Second thing was that when the Jazz drove, another guy had come in, and the because they didn't, the Jazz never set the pick. There was no switch. the The other guy never leaves Rudy, so then Rudy's not available for the lob. And I guess the answer to that was getting corner threes. The Jazz got 16 of them. I think they may have only hit one of them in the second half um, of this game. They, But the Lakers had a defensive scheme, frankly, that we haven't seen before, and the Jazz never seemed to get an answer for. Well, we knew that second unit, they were going to switch one through five uh, because with McGee on the bench, then that's something they would, they would do, and, and they looked like they were very good at it. Uh, but the key to that, David, and, we've, and they've seen that before where teams switch one through five, you have to be able to break the defense down and, and uh, force them to do something else. And this is where Rubio would come in uh, and, and where he was able to break the defense down, get into the lane, now you you pass in the basketball. And if what I saw early in the ball game looked like the Lakers were trying to take away that corner three and – but the Jazz were still able to get some some of those shots. Jazz up. got nine corner threes in the first half, seven in the second half, but they were certainly more contested in the second half. Yeah, and and, that, and that's the difference. And I think you touched on it quite a bit tonight, how quickly and, and they closed out on on shooters. And and some guys like Tabo, uh, Royce O'Neal has gotten better at it. Joe Ingles has gotten better at it, at being able to catch and shoot the basketball very quickly. Uh, but Tabo's one that you know it takes time to set it, to set up. And when you're closing out. You know, he, he, sometimes he just can't get that three off because he, he's not one that, that gets his shot off quickly. And the Jazz never got the defensive clamps down at all tonight. 
They had a defensive rating at halftime at the end of the first quarter of 140, and the second half at 115, and by the end of the game, it was back up to 118. So that was not a good defensive outing by the Jazz at all, and it cost them the game. So this is a disappointing loss if you wanted to get home court advantage. Now we're into this weird situation because Denver intentionally lost tonight. Now it's a risky move by Denver because they if if we beat Denver on Tuesday night, Denver and Houston wins out, then Denver has a chance of sliding to three after purposely losing tonight to Portland. They didn't play Jokic, they didn't play Millsap, they didn't play Murray. That was one thing. They took a lead in the fourth quarter, and then they took out Morris, Barton, Gary Harris, the guys who were playing well, and closed the game with Trey Lyles and Juan Herman Gomez and... uh, Isaiah Thomas, guys who just haven't played in weeks for them. Trey Lyles. So it was clear that's their effort. The reason they would do that is the possibility that Portland wins out and Houston loses another game. Then Houston could slide to four, and Denver doesn't have to play Houston, who they don't deal with. Houston is certainly going to try to win out now because they don't want to play Golden State in the second round. They want to beat two or three. If we were to beat Denver and Houston wins out, Houston's the two seed, Denver's the three seed. So that was a really big risk. The flip side of this is, we don't want to play Houston probably. I don't know that for a fact, but I'm assuming we don't want to play Houston. I don't know why we really want to play Portland. They've been winning, but if we don't want to play Houston, we lose to Denver on intentionally on Tuesday. Wait to see the outcome of the Houston-Oklahoma City game. If Oklahoma City loses, we're in five anyway. Houston wins there in three, and we're playing Portland 4-5. You just, you just fried my brain. I know. <laughs> if for some reason Oklahoma City wins that game, Houston would be slide, could slide to four. We would want to be six, possibly. And if Oklahoma City wins the final night against Milwaukee, who could be resting, then we could go into the final night choosing our playoff position. So there's a weird thing here. Where we don't have much incentive to go win on Tuesday night against Denver. So it's not enough just to make the playoffs uh, and win basketball games and be happy about making the playoffs regardless of who you're playing. Now you're trying to set yourself up to get to the second round and not meet certain teams in the second round. Houston trying not to meet Golden State in the second round made me want to meet them in the Western Conference Finals and... The bottom line is you have to go out and just win basketball games well, some kind of way. And I, and I think let the let it, let it fall where it may. Don't be afraid of anyone. You have a good, very good basketball team, and why does everyone want to play Portland? The star center is out. McCullen have to see what he did tonight, but tonight was going to be one of his first games back. So I would imagine that was the reason that some teams wanted to play Portland because of their two uh, main guys, one, two of their main guys being out. I think this is the, the best point you make here. If Denver was really a championship caliber team, like they think, then they are worrying about things that they shouldn't be, that that championship caliber teams don't worry about. Exactly. So that tells me that, yes, they're 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 good. We're we're good. We're awfully good. But, you know, if if we want to get to the the Western Conference Finals, then we need to avoid this team. But, David, just think about that. There are certain teams in the NBA that, that, man, that, just gives you problems right you know and, and houston's and, blown their doors and, off exactly so you know 
they just don't want to meet them in that, in that second round. All right, interesting, weird night in the NBA, but the fact is that the Jazz lose a chance at home court advantage in all likelihood with a loss tonight to the Los Angeles Lakers. Though, had if Portland wins out, which they have to win in, in this building uh, and they have to beat Sacramento, at this point now they would have to lose both. You ever wonder why so many injuries this time of year? I mean, look at the Jazz. They have three, four guys out, three guys out. Um, Lakers have some guys out. I mean, it's just... It, 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 Boggles my mind. Well, there's no reason to rush a guy back to play the 80th game of the year. Yeah, that's that's true. But my feeling and, and my thinking is, you know, what kind of injuries do you have? Jazz you know lose I mean? tonight. And that's a long show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.